Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. James Kehoe doesn't know when a double entendre ends and a podcast begins, and this is Unfeatured Articles. Hello and welcome to Unfeatured Articles, another episode from uh, your favourite boys just here recording an episode of Unfeatured Articles. And I'm James Keogh. <laughs> <laughs> that I was just yeah. awful. Yeah, what happened to you? I don't know. I think I had a stroke. Yeah, man. I think I did have a stroke during the intro. Um you seem to be back now. I think, I think so. Good. I think you're all right. I think you're all right. Rough, rough night. It's been a long night. Long night. Uh, I did lose my voice a little bit. I was at a party, and I was in charge of the music, and then so someone bumped the, my phone, and it fell down, and it unplugged from the aux cord when we were in the middle of Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, right. But oh. you know that scene from Mean Girls? Yeah, where they, where they just keep. Well, we literally did that, yeah. where we just picked up from that moment, like seamlessly. Anytime. Uh, so, Bohemian Rhapsody comes on. I yeah. know I'm going to lose my voice a little bit, literally, because like you I'm have just like, to. it's it's not it's allowed like, to not. But like I've started not doing it because I'm like, nah, nah, I, um, too much. Similar story. I was at a Parkway Drive concert earlier in the year, mm. and um, like in the changeover of bands, you know how they just play like at concerts, they just play whatever music, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, System of a Down came on, oh, nice, dear. and this. Whole fucking cr- like chop suey came on, yeah, and yeah, this yeah, whole yeah. goddamn Parkway Drive crowd started like moshing, and everyone just started singing along to chop suey. So good, like insane. And it wasn't, it wasn't a, yeah, that's not a band. Yeah. <laughs> it was just a song. Yeah, and there, the was, over the road. there was like six thousand people just getting into it. It was so good. Uh, I love it. Well, once again, we've gone on a magnificent tangent in I the love intro. It. I love it. What it's is so this good. show? What is this show so if not organic. tangents? It's it's true. Well, I'll tell you, it's tangents. And it's and the three of us researching some goofy Wikipedia articles and then plowing them. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, what? Plowing them from Community Gold. <laughs> okay. Plowing came out. I just, yeah. Are you having a stroke now? Did I, I transfer? Be. I think we the, might be, yeah. It's right. Collective stroke. This That's thing's right. coming threes. That's it. We're oh, just waiting man. for yeah. you. <laughs> Riley will have one before the episode is out. Pray for me. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm Riley. We didn't finish introducing the other two oh, boys yeah. of the oh, podcast. Yeah. Oops. I'm Riley if, McNamara. And I'm Curtis Lang. And I'm James Keir. Oh, you get two. That's fair enough. He's got well, two podcasts. He gets two intros. Yeah, that was my other one. Uh, how do we feel about our articles for this week? I've got a pretty good one. Yeah, I feel all right about mine. Yeah. I'm I'm pretty stoked about mine as well. Yeah, yeah. Looks like we're all pretty placid about yeah. our articles. <laughs> yeah, no, expect, good. Though? How That's do you good. feel about your articles this week? Oh, there's a bit shit. Well, we yeah. literally have said that before we start recording. Before yeah, but we get like, like, yeah, I love it. There's yeah, but we don't say the into the power. mic when it's on. That's right. All right. Well, ironically, mine's quite good this week. So, well, then do you want to start <laughs> us off? No, I think. I'm going to let Riley start. Oh, that's off. right. Riley's oh, going to start. Okay. Riley, we did Riley predetermine that. We predetermined that we're going to let I'm Riley. so sorry. All right. Um, well then, boys. Excuse Just me. Just a burp. That's all right. <laughs> oh. Excuse oh, me. Oh, man. That's a bad one. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, dude. Curtis's that's direction. Right. Sorry, dude. That's cool. Um, 
How do we feel about the Shakespeare authorship question? Oh, yeah. Oh, is this... Uh, I think it's a load of bullshit. Shakespeare obviously <laughs> wrote his plays, but please, let's entertain the possibility. <laughs> so, very strong, like, we haven't even gotten okay. in. Well, that's not even on the game. <laughs> All right. Yeah, no, so, all right. I'm keen to chat about it. I'm keen to chat about it. For those listening along at home, um, you may have heard of this guy called William Shakespeare, um, bit of a writer or something, I don't know. Um, we memed a lot about him in the teaser of the episode yeah, of the he's series, on, didn't we? He's on what? Yeah, he's, yeah, he's on Triple J. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. anyway, okay, well, we've come full circle. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this, this dude's Shakespeare. He wrote a bunch of plays. He wrote a hundred and something... Sonnets. All right, um, Queensland Shakespeare Ensemble, Riley yeah. McMurray. You'd think I'd know the figures, but I don't. Um, anyway, um, what, what, yeah, so this is the Shakespeare authorship question because there's a bunch of people out there who don't think Shakespeare actually wrote all the things attributed to Shakespeare. Yeah. Um, these people are known as anti Stratfordians, mm. um, which is, you know, an interesting. Stratford upon Avon is Stratford the place where Shakespeare lived. was born. He was born, yeah. Allegedly. Yes, well, yes. Also, you know, very, no, just, just like if, it's if, where he did. If he lived, lived at all, I mean. Yeah. Um, so the first time it was questioned was in the middle of the 19th century. Um, uh, like there was a lot of talk about Shakespeare being the greatest writer of all time um, and people weren't keen to admit to that. Right. Um, they weren't keen Because everyone's got to be divisive. Yeah, you know, you can't have a, a singular opinion. Um, but, like, yeah, so it started in about the 19th century, but as time has gone on and as happens with a lot of things, it's just, like, ramped up and up and up and there's now, like, over 80 people. Like, who, like... Th- th- so these anti-Stratfordians <laughs> think that there are at least 80 other people Whoa. who wrote Shakespeare. True. And Shakespeare More just than Shakespeare. Huh. Yeah. Um, so that's weird. So is it like Shakespeare is like just this name of this collective? No, or they're they're all contributing uh, well, to. That, that's the thing. Well, there, is, there is a movie. There, there's a movie about it that like postulates that um, the most famous, uh, the most like the most uh, famous person who they reckon uh, wrote these um, Shakespeare plays was I think. Bruce Willis. <laughs> it was deaf. Christopher. Um, um, well, no. the the most popular, yeah. um, most popular theories, are Sir Francis Bacon. Um, Ooh. Probably related to Kevin Bacon. Obviously. Edward de Vere, the 17th Earl of Oxford. Uh, Christopher Marlowe, there we are. And William Stanley, who was the 6th Earl of Derby. Um, so, yeah, a bunch of people think these guys wrote Shakespeare and Shakespeare did not write Shakespeare. Um, and there's a, there's, is a, there like evidence? There, I wouldn't call it tangible evidence. Okay. Um, but they're like, well, they're people making yeah. cases against it. So like they're saying that he, excuse me, don't ever drink Coke while trying to record a podcast and don't point it at Curtis cause he gets upset. <laughs> <laughs> um, so one of the, one of the things that people like kind of grasp when they're arguing this is that they don't think Shakespeare was literate. Like he oh. he came from a poor, like his father was like a glove maker. Sure. Something like that. Um, and so like didn't have a lot of money. So they don't think he could have been educated to a high enough standard to be able to write all these beautiful, like ridiculous, epic things. Mm. Um, mm. So yeah, there's his, his background just purely from the fact that one... 
would have had a pretty modest upbringing and like there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff in all the plays that you would not have access to oh i see like, or like knowledge of yeah like of you like, wouldn't you wouldn't have like he's got plays set all over italy like, yeah, all, yeah. Of all these different places so like people argue well how did he you know how know did he about, learn about that if he yeah. never went to proper school and all this other shit yeah um it's reading other things like, like yeah yeah like <laughs> I mean, it's not a difficult one to debunk. I right, I don't right. Think. We're all firm, we're all firmly in the camp of Shakespeare. Hey, well, yeah, I've made my I've made my yeah. thoughts pretty clear. I know <laughs> of course, I, I believe. Of course, I believe. Of course, Shakespeare wrote his own stuff. The most. I, I will. I will um, just jump in on this. Here here. I, I I know a little bit about this stuff. Yeah. Um, the most famous like example of um, this idea that uh, uh, this anti Stratford. Mm-hmm. Uh, position is the 2011 film Anonymous. Oh, okay. Yep. So it was. Uh, it promotes the Oxfordian theory of Shakespeare authorship, sure. which indicates that um, Edward de Vere, the 17th Earl of Oxford, uh, so he was an Elizabethan courtier. He was a playwright, yeah, poet, patron of the arts, and so the so the movie and it takes its the movie takes its concept from the Oxfordian theory, is that he was the one who wrote the majority of William Shakespeare's plays. Right. Um, yeah. So that was, yeah, it was it was heavily criticised at the time that it came out um, because, uh, the, the, like, apart from the fact that, like, it promoted this quite controversial theory of um, the Oxfordian authorship, it had a lot of, like, the film had a couple of, like, just, like, technical things that, like, actual like you know that you critique about like films in general yeah yeah. like there was um there was factual errors there was um a time jumping format of the film that didn't really work out that like critics had a problem with um but they did they praised the performances in the movie and the um the visual the visuals of it but uh yeah so um is the oxfordian theory on your article there dude probably um are you sure you didn't want to open this episode up or <laughs> Yikes! That's fine. <laughs> um, Wonder I was just contributing to my good friend Riley. Yeah, no, thank you. I thoughts on the Shakespeare? Appreciate that. What you got, Riles? Um, I there is no quick bits to the Oxfordian theory. I imagine mm-hmm. it would be in there. Um, so anyway, here's my take on this, yeah, and on. I'm just going to railroad on that for about ten minutes. No, I'm kidding. Uh, go on. <laughs> this is so offensive. <laughs> <laughs> I just postulated some thoughts. I like I added a bit of a bit of context to everything. All right, thank you. We, oh, we, we appreciate Lord. your. I'm not going to even do my article today. <laughs> Neither am I. Apparently, <laughs> you said go ahead. God, you're a wanker. Yeah, you sound like my mum. <laughs> Oh no! Cheese Louise, alrighty. Um, What's up? What's you watching up? Um, so yeah, there's a, there's a lot of other things. Like they say, you know, he grew up in too poor a family. He never like they did. He didn't go to high school. He never got his OP. He didn't mm. get you know. Didn't get his. He never co- got his OP. Didn't, didn't get his, his Queensland certificate of education. Yeah, so no. like, how could he have been smart enough to write all these things? Yeah. Um, they reckon that the name was a pseudonym because there was a bunch of pamphlets that got released um and in a couple of like the first folio um like recordings of the plays like the some of the original well not original but like very very close to original recordings he's his name is actually hyphenated so it's shake hyphen 
Spears. Yeah, there were like a few different um, like ways mm. the name was spelt, wasn't it? Yeah, so there's there's yeah. There's a couple of different ones. So it's like shake. Shaken, not stirred. Spear, <laughs> um, as it is spelt. And then there's shack spear, as in like the stabby spear. Right. Um, so there's a lot of different things um, that people yeah, are like, oh, well, that's obviously, obviously that's not really him. Yeah. Mm. Um, people are concerned that there's not like proof that he wrote them. There's not like apart from the plays themselves, mm. that there is no like notes or you know like right, journals yeah, yeah. or anything like that of him doing it hey guys i'm just gonna pass my ipad over to riley so that he can read this little tidbit that i found because apparently <laughs> i'm railroading the episode <laughs> right in terms of like the name stuff like i feel like it's okay. more it's more likely that he himself like misspelled his name because i feel if a cohort of people are trying to create this like cohesive identity, they'd want it to all be the same. But like, if you're just a guy, I could misspell my name as much as I want. I don't care. Yeah. I just call myself James Keyhole. Everyone else does. (laughs) Keyhole. All the kids in primary school did. Yeah. You didn't hang on to that one, did you, buddy? No, I'm not bitter. So... Uh, with permission from the McNamara camp, I cool. have I have been given the opportunity to read a little bit about the Oxfordian uh, theory. Oh, cool. So Oxfordians re- uh, reject the historical record and often propose the, the conspiracy theory that the record was falsified. Um, so, sorry, hang on. Um, the convergence of documentary evidence of the type used by academics for authorial attribution, title pages, testimonials by other contemporary poets and historians and official records sufficiently establishes Shakespeare's authorship for the overwhelming majority of Shakespeare's for Shakespearean scholars and literary historians with no evidence and no evidence links Oxford to Shakespeare's works. Mm. Oxfordians, these people who believe in the Oxford uh, Oxfordian claim to Shakespeare authorship. However, reject the historical record and often propose the conspiracy theory that the record was falsified to produce, the identity of the real author, invoking Ooh. the death, the, the dearth of evidence for any conspiracy as evidence of its success. So, like, there, right. there's too much evidence. Oh, yeah. So, it means that, like, sure. it's, it's fake. There's, too, there's an abundance of evidence, which of is, course. like, too much of a coincidence. Yeah. Scholars right. also note well, that they're interpreting the plays and poems as autobiographical and then using them to construct a hypothetical author is a method most literally specialists consider unreliable as far as attributive value. There you go. So there you go. There's my little little bit on the Oxfordian. Bit of Oxfordian theory for you, ladies and gents. That's why, while while it may seem like I am a host on this podcast, uh, that's actually just a big ruse. It's a cover-up. It's a it's a too much evidence. Folks. There's too much evidence. There's too much evidence that I'm here in this room right now. <laughs> so uh, therefore, you are not. Therefore, I can't be. What have you done with the real James Kehoe? Ooh, that's a good question. Anyway, back to Shakespeare. <laughs> um, good question for another time. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So the these main dudes. Um. Yeah. So main guys: Francis Bacon, Kevin Bacon's dad. Um. Mm-hmm. Probably. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. Wait, really? <laughs> no, no. He, he was born in like fifteen oh four. Kevin Bacon. Um, so yes, like one of the things they've got here that I've just found. Um, someone's argued that like um, Francis Bacon was very, very int- like good with ciphers and like secret codes, uh-huh. and messages, Ooh, and shit yeah. like that. Um, and then in there's a line in Love's Labor's Lost. Um, 
someone, sorry, Dr. Isaac Hull Platt has argued that one of the lines in Love's Labor's Lost, which, yeah. is, which is the Latin word, which has nine syllables in it. Cool. Honorific. I can't. This is my stroke. You boys had your. <laughs> hey, we got it. Stroke. We found it. Honorific. Uh, oh, I can't. Can I crack. Um, yeah, go on. All right. Yeah, no. <laughs> Let no, me go. We'll put it in the podcast notes. It's fine. But yeah, so there's it's a nine syllable word, honorific labilis or whatever yeah, it is. Honorific labilis. Riley, this just says hippopotamus. <laughs> I don't know what you're... <laughs> James, you meant to go with it. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> um, yeah, so like that people... Um, this Dr. Platt is like, oh yeah, it's an anagram yielding... Um, some more Latin words which I won't read, like high ludi f baconis nati something or other, yeah. which summons the devil, which translates roughly to these plays: the offspring of f bacon are preserved for the world. Um, okay, someone, so, thinks, someone thinks that is written in Latin in the text of Love's Labor's Lost. That's uh-huh. like when you play the Beatles backwards. It's like, yeah. oh, it's Satan. I'm dead. Yeah. Um. Well, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, official position of the podcast: bullshit. Yes. Shakespeare was a woman. That's it. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah definitely. Well, <laughs> you better hear first, folks. Why not? Do you want to dive in? I do want to dive in. Um, okay, so I'm going to talk about uh, um, really quickly because I've talked a significant amount already, apparently. You can talk as much as you want. As slow as possible. So organ squared slash ASLSP as slow as possible. It's a musical piece. Uh, by John Cage and the subject of one of the longest lasting musical performances yet undertaken. It was originally written in 1987 for organ and is adapted from the earlier work as slow as possible in 1985. A typical performance of, uh, of the piano version lasts 20 to 70 minutes. In 1985, uh, Cage opted to omit the detail of exactly how slowly the piece should be played. So it's like open to interpretation. Okay. Yeah. Right, interesting. The performance of the organ version at St. Bacardi Church in Haberstadt, Germany, began in 2001 and is scheduled to have a duration of 639 years, ending in 2640. <laughs> Amazing. What? Yeah. So they set up this performance in 2001 in yeah. this church of As Slow As Possible on like a programmed organ. Right. Oh, so okay. It's yep. a self-playing organ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's scheduled to last for 639 639 years. Amazing. That, yeah. I don't, ha- I don't have words yeah. for that. So, so when he wrote it, he just, he didn't like do a time signature no, or anything. No, he's just like, you meant to play it as slow as possible. Just as slow as he can. Yeah. yeah. As agonizingly slow as you can make it. Yeah. So um, a bit of background to this, because we'll focus on the specific performance. Mm, please. Um, in 1997, a conference of musicians and philosophers discussed the implications of Cage's instruction to play the piece as slow as possible, given that an organ imposes virtually no time limits. Mm. A project emerged to perform the piece for 639 years. A properly maintained pipe organ has no specific lifespan, the duration was cho- and the duration was chosen to commemorate the first documented permanent organ installation in 1361 in the Halberstadt Cathedral, 639 years before Prior. the proposed date yeah. of 2000. So they actually started a year later than they wanted to, right. but that was why. Yeah. So the organ was built specifically for the performance, um, 
and the organ wasn't actually completed until 2009. Oh, true. So eight years after the performance so started. So it starts playing and yeah, then and they... they're still building. That's really um, funny. It stands in the right transept of the... Uh, I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, but it's... Burchardi, I think, church, with okay. the bellows in the left. Between uh, January and May 2005, it contained only six pipes. Because the instrument sounds constantly, there is a cube of acrylic glass around it to reduce the volume. Uh, fair enough. So, yeah, it's just it's like you can go to church and just go, <laughs> there it is over there. It's just playing. So it's it's like constantly, constantly sustaining. Constantly playing. Over 639 years. I just did some quick calculations. They yeah. may be really wrong. That is 335,858,400 minutes. Jesus. Yikes. It's a long time is what we're saying. Um, <laughs> it's a, it's a yeah, long, we'll be dead. We'll be yeah, dead. Probably. Uh, long, yeah, probably. Um, yeah. Probably dead. Definitely probably dead. dead. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. We'll so, leave church after the song's through. We'll just, we'll just <laughs> like, all right. 639 years later. <laughs> just one last song. One so last the song. the performance commenced in the, in the church on September 5th, 2001, mm. with a pause lasting until February 5th, 2003. Oh, nice. So it was like, and. Like the, the rest. <laughs> and then three years later. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, the that's... first chord was then played until July 5th, 2005. So a chord for two years. Yeah. The chords, uh, and that was uh, A above middle C. Of course. Um, what else? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this next chord uh, sounded on January 5th, 2006, so a year later, and concluded on July 5th, 2008. So... Um, <laughs> on July 5th, 2008, the weights holding down the organ pedals were shifted, resulting in the sixth chord change. Two more organ pipes were added alongside the four already installed, and the tone became more complex at 3.33 local time. Um, <laughs> Very the last, specific. The bellows provided a constant supply of air to keep the pipes playing. Oh, good. The last note change, as in the last one that happened, like, yeah. uh, happened in, on October 5th, 2013. Holy crap. Whoa. And the next change will occur in, in 2020. Jesus. Wow. Yeah. Um, another, same as last week with my 52 hertz whale, in this article there is an audio file. So we'll put the article, obviously we'll put the article in the show, in notes. The show notes. Go have a look. The current note that is playing uh-huh. is on the Wikipedia article. Oh, fantastic. Um, I feel like this would be like an event, like people would come and see the note change, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Can you imagine if you programmed the wrong note in? Oh, no. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, just like, oh, from the top, thank you. (laughs) Once more with feeling. So notes changed pretty consistently for like the maximum time was like two years, Mm. I think. So I'm thinking like with my limited knowledge of music, on October 5th, 2013, like it it finished like the first bar. Right. And like so like it ended with like a bit of like a longer note. Yeah. And then it's going to start the next bar in 2020. Because like it went kind of like, 2010, 2011, 2011, 2012, 2013, 2020. Right, yeah. yeah. We've got a hold. And so there's no musical structure around it. There's no like time signature or anything like that. No. There's oh, there's like uh, there would be um, like, a structure like 14 piano and like uh, so loudness. Yeah, 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 yeah. But in terms of like speed and time signature and beats per minute, nothing. Jesus. Yeah. Wow. So it's, it's, it's um, avant-garde. But uh, in a, a way, niche. it's, it's kind of indie. Like, yeah, you get probably, it's on my playlist, but like, I don't know, like, nobody can get around the whole performance. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, you make anyway, a good point. Anyway, so that's as slow as possible. Nice. Yeah. Is there like, is it on YouTube? Not, not, the, not this. Version. There would probably be um, links like to videos stream. of like the note change. That'd be interesting. Yeah, that'd be. Uh, I'd like to go have a look at that. Yeah, that'd be an interesting thing to visit. Anyway, should we, should we take yeah. our extreme ironing trip to the cathedral and an extreme yes. ironing trip to, to the cathedral? Yeah, yeah, good choice. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So I love that. I think I love That's stuff like really, that. Yeah. It's gonna take. It's like it's like an a, like a a living breathing time capsule. There's this like totally happening. It's like far I feel in like the future. there's that really like viscous oil or something that's like in. It's two chambers and the top chamber is dripping into the bottom chamber yeah. and a new drip happens like every few oh, years. Oh, that's that, like, like that. super fluid in the Yeah, in yeah. It's just really, somewhere? really dense. Mm. Uh, no, it's on Earth. It's it's like... Yeah, in the States. Oh, sorry. I thought I, you said I did, space. I think you said space as well. Oh, it's just like yeah. that no, no, space no. liquid. Sorry, no. Um, no, it's just this really dense liquid. Um, but yeah, it's the same. It's like this massive project where it's just happening over time and like yeah. sometimes it drips and you don't know when it's going to drip. Yeah. It's like imagine if you mean you waited around and then you missed it. Right, exactly, and you totally could <laughs> so because it's sense. just yeah. All right, well, uh, Keo, what have you got for us? Ooh, well, who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. Oh, no. That's right, because this is the Ghostbusters ruling in the case of Stambovsky and Ackley. Oh, beautiful. What? Um, one thing I've learned: I did one semester of law. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> I remember when you t- I first met you. Were like, yeah, I'm doing law yeah. and drama, and I was like, uh, okay, <laughs> cool. I did one semester of law. Uh, didn't learn a whole bunch. Um, in fact, learned two, three, two things. Uh, first one, not relevant, but if you're standing around on the street and you have a water bottle and you go, hey, hey mates, and you hold your water bottle out and you kind of turn around and you pretend like you're peeing, yeah, um, a police officer can arrest you as if you are publicly urinating. Oh my god! Just like the same, like it doesn't matter. What's, um, what's the ruling on that? Just curious. What do you mean, like public urination? Yeah, that was get you for public urination, or like doesn't matter. Onward, right. onward, yeah, yeah, yeah. onward. You learn, learn the hard way. Um, second thing I learned is when there's like the V, you know, this V, this. It's yeah. pronounced and. Um, which oh, is why okay. it's, it's it's Stambovsky v Ackley. It's pronounced and. So one fun fact, one useful fact. Yeah. Good. There you go. But Love let's talk about Ghostbusters. Please. Um, Come on. So this is Stambovsky v and Ackley. Uh, this is a New York Supreme Court case, uh, commonly known as the Ghostbusting ruling. So <clears throat> it holds that uh, a house which the owner had previously advertised to the public as haunted by ghosts, legally was haunted for the purpose of an action for rescission bought by a subsequent purchaser of the house. So, what? Uh, yeah, basically... What does if, that say in English? If I have a big old house, yeah, and I'm like, yeah, guys, haunted house, come on in, it's a big old haunted house, lots of ghosts, very spooky. Yeah. By the purposes of the law... That house is haunted. It's legally haunted. Because you've said so. Because I, Well, because I've said so. And um, essentially the seller, this person was selling their house, yeah. who they said was haunted. Um, they had undertaken to inform the public at large about the existence of poltergeists on the premises. Uh, and he could not deny the existence of these poltergeists uh, as a matter of law because he's made these claims and now he's selling. Um, 
and the seller must inform like the purchaser of the house, like, hey, by the way, this is a haunted house. Because otherwise it would just be like, uh, I guess, fraud or something. Okay, because yeah, right. Is this Australian law? No, this is American. Yeah, okay, that makes more sense. <laughs> oh, look, we're back to me and my derision for American society. <laughs> uh, um, Woo. Near the beginning of... <laughs> Fun. <laughs> Fun. Not the official position of the podcast. <laughs> So the house had been vacant and was in disrepair when the Ackleys moved into the waterfront home in the 1960s. Uh-huh. Local children purportedly, allegedly, warned yeah. them that the house was haunted, though no prior paranormal incidents appear to have been published. Helen Ackley claimed there were at least three ghosts in the residence. At least three. Uh-huh. At the party of ghosts. That's, yeah. Three a crowd. She describes two as a married couple who lived in the 18th century. The other as a Navy lieutenant in the American Revolution. In 1993, she was contacted by paranormal researcher Bill Merrill and medium Glenn Johnson, who claimed to have already made contact with two of the spirits at one Levator place. The pair met with Helen and disclosed that the couple were likely the poltergeist of Sir George and Lady Margaret, who lived in the region around the 18th century. So they're selling their house and... Um, Essentially, it becomes this court case because yeah. there's this big kerfuffle about like, well, should you, you know, I've claimed the thing was haunted. Should you have told us that the house was haunted beforehand? Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Um, this is when uh, I believe Stambovsky is uh, selling the house to Ackley, mm. and they're like, I can't believe you sold us this haunted house. Um, yeah, sure, why not? Um, <laughs> so you got near- my money somehow. Yeah, right. Uh, near the beginning of the majority opinion, uh, three out of five justices appears its most well-known conclusion, which is having reported the ghost's presence in both a national publication and the local press, defendant is, is stopped, which means they cannot deny their existence. And as a matter of law, the house is haunted. Yeah. Must uh, be. Yeah. Uh, the court noted... The court noted that regardless of whether the house was truly haunted or not, the fact that the house had been widely reported as being haunted, haunted greatly affected its value. Mm. Yeah. Um, as it probably was. Increase in value or decrease? Um, probably a decrease. Well, that's interesting because yeah. uh, the case generated considerable publicity and yeah. area real estate agents had between 25 and 50 potential buyers calling within <laughs> a week of the Holy court's decision. Crap. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because I, I thought, like, nutcases would be like, oh, my God, i got to get me a piece of that. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, among the prospective buyers at the house uh, on the Hudson River was Kreskin. Kreskin was a renowned mentalist interested in purchasing a haunted home in which to curate his collection of paranormal paraphernalia, which is a hard thing to say. That's a bit paranormal. Paranormal. Oh, jeez, yeah. I couldn't even get through paranormal. Paranormal paraphernalia. Really? Paranormal paraphernalia. Good. Ackley sold the house to another buyer and moved to Florida in 1991. Yeah. Helen Ackley died in 2003 and her son-in-law lays odds that her spirit has taken up residence at that house. So she's haunting it now too. Oh, good. Oh. Well, is, wouldn't you? Yeah. Wouldn't you? Is, I know, right? Is if there, I was going to haunt anywhere. Is there a limit? Like how many bedrooms has it got? Surely. True. Do ghost, ghost bedrooms. Yeah, how many ghost, many bedrooms, ghost bedrooms has this house? It's a ghost B&B. Them? There's and now, I guess, on their way to the afterlife. Have they got yeah. ghost bunk beds or something? Like, <laughs> would you live in a haunted house, James? Um, would I live in a haunted house? Mm. Uh, depends on my living situation. If I'm living alone and I want some friends, sure. If I get to know the ghosts, 
Yeah. If they're cool ghosts. You believe in ghosts? I mean, not really. But if they're there, then yeah. why not? I'll believe in them if I see them. Riley, live in a haunted house. Um, would I live in a haunted house? Probably not. Yeah, I'd say I, probably not to. I, particularly if I was living alone, I would yeah. like. Never I feel like yeah, I don't. Look, like during the day, I'd be I'd like, just I don't fucking, fucking die. Believe. Yeah, during the day, I'd be like, I don't believe in ghosts. I don't believe in that. But then at night, I'd be like in bed, just going, "They're gonna get me. They're gonna come for me." Yeah. I, and, I, and I don't know if I believe in ghosts. I'm ghost agnostic. Yeah, I'm ghost agnostic as well. Um, but yeah, like, still freaks me the fuck out. Yeah, true, like, true. Yeah. You're saying all this now, but then like it'll get to like the night and it'll be like, man, I wish I had a friend. I wish I had someone do, I could do play you some go, Mario Do you go to with. sleep at night and go, oh, I wish I had a friend? Yeah, well. <laughs> what do you consider us? Every time you idiots come over to my house, I'll tell you to get the fuck out. Yeah, well. <laughs> That's true. That's why I have to like be in my home just yeah. like, I wish I didn't have no, friends. No, you and Hannah Flannery often crash on my couch because you're, you're parasites. I don't fit on your couch, so I don't. <laughs> no, you don't. Like, you're, you're too tall, tall, tall man. You're too tall man. Sleep in the bed with you. Oh, spoonies. Would you live in a haunted house if... Uh-huh. How much would you be paid to live in a haunted house? If oh. I was being paid, that's a different yeah. story. Yeah. I feel like it would have to be like I was... It was like instead of my job. So like if yeah. I was making as much as I make at my job, I'd be like, cool, I'm going to quit my job and be ghost boy. Ghost boy, just live yeah. in a haunted house. I don't, I don't know if I could put a figure on it. Like... Yeah, I, I wouldn't know what to. I wouldn't know what figure to put on it. I'm gonna like, give you a milli. I'm gonna give you a fresh mill. Oh fuck! For yeah. how long? Um, for the rest of your life. Oh Jesus! Uh, 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 get a milli. I don't know. Get that sweet dosh. Yeah, but like, do you have to own the house or live in the house? What's the difference? Oh, is it like a... You use the mill to buy another house and then oh, rent the ghost house I out see. for profit. <laughs> I'm always thinking. I'm always thinking financially. No, you have a landlord and the landlord's a ghost. Um, <laughs> a okay. ghost lord of the house. I've, <laughs> lo- I've loved ghost chat. It's been good. Uh, it's been real. You got anything else to say about this court case? Or ghost oh, chat? Um, yeah, gosh. Can, please continue. Let's see. Helen, let's talk about some sightings. Um... Helen claimed to have seen Sir George sitting in midair, watching me paint the ceiling in the living room, rocking back and forth. I was on an eight-foot stepladder. I asked if he approved of what we were doing to the house, if the colours were to his liking. He smiled and nodded his head. Oh. The man's got taste. He's got taste. what I'm saying. He's a nice dude. That on ghost taste. (laughs) He's not haunting them. He's just approving of their art style. He's just just there for a second. He just lives there too. And on ghost taste, I think that is where we will have to wrap up for the the nice ghosts. The nice ghosts. The nice ghosts. Um, Shall we pick a winner for this afternoon? Let's. This this evening. Oh, God, this podcast. It's a podcast. You could could listen to it whenever. Yeah. 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 It could be four in the morning. What time is it? Uh, it's mid. No, it's 10 to midnight. All right. Yeah. Good-o. I haven't had dinner yet. I need to go to bed. Winner? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Winner James, what do you got for us? Which one? Ooh. Which? How do you... Actually, no, you went last. Let's start with you, Riley. Oh. Um, what was your thing? Uh, mine was the slowest, as slow as possible, the slowest organ song. Of all I time. did like that. As much as I despise that I have to give you another one of these. Ha. <laughs> I did like the idea. We'll run out eventually. Don't yeah. worry. Surely. <laughs> surely. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll go the, the slowest yeah. po- possible song. Uh, yeah. As much as I love 
as slow as possible. I feel like I can't keep voting for mine. <laughs> yeah. We're <laughs> right. going to have to veto this good, at some stage. Yeah, at some point. <laughs> what did you do again, Ross? Shakespeare. Oh, yeah. I talked a lot during that. I'll go with Ghost. Cool. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so my thing lost because it was Curtis's thing by proxy. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck this podcast. <laughs> oh dear. Um, no, I quite liked the uh, that very slow club jam. Excellent. Well, okay. Was that? that no, yeah. it wasn't unanimous. Never mind. Just Never forgot. Mind. That's all right. As slow as possible is our winner for this, this week. week, episode seven. Is it? Yeah. Wow. We're getting up there. We're getting um, up there. We're making we're a almost, We're almost 10. I'm thinking, I'm thinking episode 10, we get a guest. Ooh. Stop it. Yeah. Stop it. I don't like you guys. Um, you've Let made this people. executive decision right now live <laughs> yeah, on the this podcast. Is we should probably have off the yeah, podcast, maybe. but I'm bringing it up now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you'll find out. Uh, maybe you're in the future and we've already had episode 10. Maybe we've already had episode 10. And if we had a guest, then... Let us know. Let, let us know. know from the future. Right well, in. Right yeah. into our Facebook and our Twitter and our Instagram. Yeah, Please thank do. you so much for listening. Um, you can find our social medias on all of those platforms that Riley just mentioned. Uh, you can find the episodes of the podcast on uh, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and any other podcatcher of your choice. Wherever you want it. Wherever you want it. Um, thank you so much again to That's Not Canon Productions for letting us have this podcast. Yes. Uh, where we just talk shit to each other. Yeah. It's good. I love it. I love it. Let's doing. go get dinner so after fun. this. This is hot, one of the highlights of my good. week. Yeah. Um, um, Fortnite. We record Fortnite. Um, we have a theme song. We do have a theme song. Purgatory and Friends by Kevin McLeod. It's a great song. It he's, is. He's a good boy. He is a good, he's boy. A good boy. He's a good yeah. boy. Um, well, I think that just about does us. That'll do it for me. me. He looks um, like Zane's pretty done. Zane, <laughs> Zane's, yeah. Zane was the fuck Thank you to out. Zane. Always. Thank yeah. you to Zane always. And thank you for putting up with us. Thank you to you, the listener. Um, so that'll do it for us for today. And as always... Browse responsibly. The world is a mess. War, famine, politics... Why can't everyone just get along? Yeah, like in musicals. Musicals fix everything. If people listened and learned from musicals, everything would be better. Music, lights and spontaneous choreography. What isn't there to love? If you want to learn all of life's important lessons... Or just listen to some musical theatre nerds wax lyrical... Subscribe to Musicals Tell Me Everything I Know, wherever you find fun and funny podcasts. Or at our website at thatsnotcanonproductions.com. A That's Not Canon Productions podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.